raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Welcome to Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I'm your host, Maria Moore, and in this episode, we are talking financial fitness, how to be strong, how to build muscle in the area of your pockets, your wallet, your bank account. Um, And this topic is because of a post on Instagram that totally blew up. I was really trying to inspire and just share some good news about a financial goal that I reached early um, that I set to achieve by the end of the year, and that was getting my mortgage down to five figures, basically below $100,000. And immediately everyone is like, girl, how did you do it? What happened? Uh, What money did you inherit? And it was just really simple. It was a strategy. Uh, Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, uh, six years in the making, and now I am a debt-free millionaire. I have shared that fun fact on previous episodes But I thought that it would be a really great opportunity to go into detail uh, about all of the steps that I took along with my husband to achieve financial independence. And, you know, I truly believe in my heart that everyone can be a millionaire. Everyone can be debt free. Um, Even if you have a very limited income, there are ways that you can make more money, control your spending, be more disciplined so that you are really enjoying the latter years of your life because you know it really makes me sad honestly um now it's one thing to work by choice later in life you know in your 60s 70s 80s 90s because that's just what you want to do but there are many people senior citizens who are in a position where they have no choice but to work naturally there may be circumstances beyond their control but oftentimes we just made bad choices early on in life that we are suffering the consequences of 10, 20, 30 years later. So I want to help prevent that from happening. And I want to tell you what I did step by step to be in the position that I'm in today. All right. But first, a mind, body and business check in. Now, if you are a mind, body and business OG, you know what this is. We like to kick off the podcast with a self check. What are you doing for your mind, body and business? What goals that you set last week? How are you making progress on them? What progressions, regressions need to happen in order for you to move forward? And if you are new to the podcast, I encourage you to do a weekly check-in. It can be on Wednesdays when new episodes drop, Sunday nights when you're starting a new week. But the great benefit of checking in with yourself, it gives you the opportunity to make sure that you are moving towards that goal you set. Because when you don't check in, you can look up three months and went by and you haven't lost weight. You haven't achieved that financial goal. Um, Your business isn't growing like you wanted it to because you just weren't checking in and holding yourself accountable. So that's what this part of the podcast is all about. So in the last episode, I shared a couple of goals that I set for myself fresh off of my trip from Cuba. And I'm just keeping that going to make things simple for me because I got a lot of complicated things (laughs) happening in my life. Not bad. Uh, but just really trying to get organized. So continuing to do my smoothies, again, a great way to get in those micronutrients and make sure that I am getting some form of nature's candy in my system, you know, fresh fruits and some vegetables. And it's also very, very good for my digestion. So that's what I'm continuing to do this week. And then for my business, I'm so proud of myself, y'all. So I talked about me scaling back in the previous episode and I won't be doing any live coaching or live classes. I may do pop-ups here and there. So I went through my entire Dropbox and I went back about two years and I found so many just really good live workouts that I had already recorded. So I spent the last few days downloading all of those workouts and creating an evergreen membership portal. And I sent an offer out to everyone on my mailing list to subscribe and have access to all of these workouts. Um, But it's just a great way for me to continue to do my program on my time without the pressure of having to coach people and show up live because my schedule has been all over the place. And it was a great opportunity for me to repurpose content and continue to monetize that material and make money off of something that I created years ago. 
And I'm going to go into detail about that in this episode uh, because I believe everyone has a skill set. Everyone has a talent that can be monetized. You may have something that you achieved years ago that can benefit you financially today. And I want to give you some ideas to discover new streams of income to help you achieve whatever financial goal you've set for yourself. So that's my quick mind, body, and business check-in. What are you doing in the areas of your mind, body, and business? Now, if you're not a small business owner, uh, your business could be you know, taking care of your finances or handling your business at your job, handling your business in terms of self-care and self-improvement. In terms of your mind, how are you protecting your emotional and mental well-being? And of course, your body. Are you moving? Are you exercising? Are you stretching? Are you getting enough rest? Take a look at yourself. Think about some of the things you need. Do a brain dump, write everything down and set one thing that you can do for yourself this week to improve your mind, body and business. So usually I do these episodes solo, but today I have a special guest with me who is always available and happened to come down and record with me today, my husband, James Collins. Hey, hey, hey. So we're talking about finances and huge thing for me to get where I am in my own personal financial goals had a lot to do with coming together with my husband inside of our marriage and setting goals together and being like-minded about our finances, in addition to other areas of our lives. But first, I want to start by saying this is not intended to be any type of financial advice. You do what works best for you. I'm not guaranteeing any of these strategies work, but it is something that has worked for me. And my husband will share some things as well. I want to start this conversation by saying growth is growth. It could be 10% better. It could be 70% better. But to really respect the growth that you're experiencing, not only in your finances, but also in other areas of your life. And I know your life didn't exist much before we got married. At all. <laughs> but can you think of a time where, you know, you set a goal and it wasn't moving as fast as you wanted it to? Or maybe you were looking at someone else doing it in the same industry or field or uh, same area of interest and you felt that you needed to grow at that same pace. Yeah, I definitely think that there's been times when, you know, you, you get frustrated with your own progress because you're looking at other people. But I will say that now that I'm older, uh, what I try to do is is really uh, compare myself to myself and to always remember like little benchmarks, things that places where I started, because it's really difficult. You know, it's funny because you, you can get into the habit of just chasing you know, some people get in the habit of just chasing. I get in the habit of chasing. And and chasing looks like, you know, you're always trying to obtain something. So you don't always appreciate your progress. You don't appreciate how far you've come. Um, and that and, and you know, and when you first you'll start looking at somebody that makes ten thousand dollars, you'll make ten thousand dollars. And by the time you've made that ten thousand dollars, you've already shifted your focus onto someone who's making a hundred thousand and then so forth and so on. Um, but you never sometimes, you know, sometimes I feel like it's important to just step back and say, hey, I made the 10,000, you know, and that, and I didn't have that a second ago. So that's progress, um, because otherwise, you know, you see so many older people uh, that have so many they got millions of dollars in their bank accounts. They got all these investments and so forth. And I feel like that just you can get into this sort of hoarding mentality, this yeah. collecting mentality. And the unfortunate part about that is if you're not goal oriented and you're not and you don't have a checkpoint to say hey I I made it this far then you never scratch your itch because part of getting to a goal means like you know we always think long term so you think beyond your goal so when you have 0 you're thinking about 10,000 but when you have 5,000 you're thinking about 100,000 right so when you get to 5,000 you're no longer worried about that 10,000 cuz you're so close you're like this is going to be easy I already know that I can make it to this point but the unfortunate part is that when you get to the 10,000, you don't sometimes have that celebratory moment to say, I made it. I did this. Yeah. I didn't have this before. I made a mindset. I made a plan and I got it. And I think it's so important for us to remember where we came from and to create a science and to just reflect at times and be in the moment. I mean, people always say that be in the moment, be in the But I think that you have to put a science to what being in the moment means. And I think it's really important. When I talk to people, my artist friends, um, and, and I do a really good job in my mind of just remembering conversations, I have to remind my artist friends to say, hey, don't you remember when? Don't you remember when your biggest goal was to make an album? So don't get frustrated that you didn't win the Grammy, you know, because your biggest your biggest goal was just to make an album. 
And then after you made an album, your biggest goal was to work with this producer. And then after you worked with that producer. So just remember that you have accomplished so many of your personal goals in this journey that, you know, part of wanting, I think that when you're on your dying bed, there are going to be things that you want. But we can't, we can't, you know, pull that and make it make it seem like it's lack of progress because, you know, wanting is a part of life. And I think that that's fine. But I think that we have to we have to eat and sustain ourselves on on the little progress that we yeah. make. So. Yeah. And I also think, too, with just everything that you said, you know, when you think about paradise and progress and what people want to achieve in life, you know, for some people, paradise can mean traveling to 12 different countries a year for another person. It could be showing up for every concert performance that your kid has at school. So you really have to define what's important to you. And again, the whole intent behind this conversation is, you know, the Instagram post that I did about getting the mortgage below six figures. And naturally, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you know, how did you do it? I want to do that as well. But really understanding when you are starting off an ambitious goal or even a goal that may not necessarily be quote unquote ambitious, but it's something brand new to you. You have to understand that in the beginning, you're going to be in the thick of it and it's going to be challenging and it's going to present some obstacles. It's just going to feel harder than what you've done before. And I think a lot of times at the beginning, that's when people retreat. You know, you're making a cake and you put the batter in, you put the eggs in and you put the milk in or the water, whatever you're putting in there. And then you start stirring it. It's going to take a little bit more muscle at the beginning to stir it. But once you start stirring and it gets creamy, it's, it's easy. You can just whip it up really fast. And so that's how it is when you're starting something new. So whether you're trying to make your first $500, whether it's just one credit card that you're trying to pay off, you know, whether you want to save for your child's college education or the or down payment on a home or just get out of a financial hole, it's going to require some effort and it's going to feel a little different. Oh, absolutely. And then, and you know, and, and as you were talking, I was just thinking about, you know, um, like people probably come to you and, and you have a, a great way of, of, of explaining and helping people feel motivated towards reaching goals. I tend to unmotivate people because the process <laughs> that that I've taken to get the things that people admire me for are just paths that nobody admires. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear. Like they say, I tell them I have no credit card debt. Well, how'd you do that? And they're looking for an answer that is bite-sized. And the real answer is I didn't have a car for a year. Um, I, I sacrificed. I didn't spend money on anything. I put every single extra penny into paying off, um, uh, you know, debt. Um, whenever we got big chunks of money, instead of going on a trip, we put that money into, you know, it was a long, it was a three to four year journey yeah. to get out of credit card debt. And, and when you think of three years, you think three years, not a long time. Well, let's, let's, let's break three years down. Three years down is 36 months, Right. And if you time, make that, you know, times of 30, now we're talking about uh, almost a thousand plus odd days and a thousand days of being disciplined is very, very hard to do. So, you know, but the point is just like what you were saying with the cake batter is I think that that's the muscle we have to get stronger is to say, you know what, you'll blink and time will have passed. So what, what, what? sort of disciplined things what sort of patterns in your life did you put in place to make it so that you're in a in a better place than you were three four years ago and don't get so excited about this instant gratification yeah you know i mean i get it you can write letters to the credit card people you can you can uh dispute claims and so forth and you can get an instant credit score uh boost right because you want to get your house this year right but does it really help you in your true financial journey? All that did was help you get into a new level of debt. But if you actually get out of credit card debt and you improve your credit card score organically, right? Not that credit card scores are any, I'm just using it as a benchmark. But if it actually improves in an organic way, I think that that is more of a sustainable lifestyle skill that will allow you to acquire wealth. Right. When you talked about building that muscle, when you take those shortcuts or you're looking for those quick fixes, you don't acquire the mindset, the daily habits to help you sustain it. 
You know, that's just a really big deal. You know, I want to go back to something that you just said, and it, it makes me think about a question that I got on Instagram. And I was talking about how, you know, I'm real old school when it comes to building wealth. Start with a budget, pay off your debt. You can either bury your money or plant your money. You know, when you bury it, it's dead, it's gone. When you plant it, it grows and it, it can become something bigger that you benefit from later in life. And so there was a young lady that asked, you know, tell us about your investments. People have the assumption that I got in on some cryptocurrency, like I got some inside knowledge. And when I talk about investment, I'm always talking self-investment. I'm always talking about expanding my skill set, starting a business, getting a side hustle. So when I talk about investments, that's the primary, that's the dominant thing I'm talking about. When you have a business, you can get 25 to 70% return, depending on what your product or service is. You know, addressing whatever self-doubt is there that is preventing you from turning that thing you're passionate about, monetizing that hobby, that thing that people are always coming to you, asking you for advice about, and turning it into something. My husband has a very successful web development, marketing, branding, virtual digital stuff uh, for many of his clients, just stuff, just a lot of stuff. And that kind of started from, him just having an interest and then he's like oh well maybe I can do this maybe I can do that and it's something it's a skill that he actually continues to build every year well I mean I do think that's an important point and also I think it's important that like you and I I think the one of the reasons that we work well is because we get to the same point from two different perspectives right so a lot of times you know I think we really are a yin yang where it's like you know we we make a circle but we don't occupy any of the same space really we just complement one another and I think that um, when you think about like first of all let's go back to the journey of getting into web development right I had a you know long successful music career very happy with it. Um, but then making a pivot, right? Reinventing myself. All right, so let's look at what that takes. And again, this is the thing that that unmotivates people. You know, it starts with, well, what do I want to do? What makes me happy? What can I do? Because I remember, you know, it was tough. I don't have nothing trying to figure out. We got a new family, got stuff, got bills, got, you know, deadlines. The world's coming in on you, right? But you, in that moment, have to stay firm. And you have to continue on the journey of figuring out what it is you want to do, what it is that makes you happy, how to monetize that skill, like you were saying. But in that it probably took two years easily for me to sit in that space and drill at it. Now, two years of not sitting around playing video games, sitting around reading books, sitting around, you know, twiddling my thumbs, but, Coding, but literally back every in, day, all of that, every oh single day, like, and, and then check it out. So once I finally say, okay, I enjoy web development, that's something I enjoy doing. And I have a I've got some, I don't have a huge background in it, but I I'm techie and I it, it brings together some things that I enjoy. So, you know, fast forward. Okay, well, how do I get a website? Now, initially, again, using the 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 time motif and saying, well, how much time do you put in? You might approach it. You might it, it might give a different perspective because you might thinking, okay, well, I need to I need to make some money up. No, my thought was I need to be good at this, and I need to have a lot of skill at it. So I need to make a lot of mistakes and I need to get clients. So my thought is the equity that I need in this moment is not money. The equity I need is experience. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I gave my skills away. You need a website, I'll do it. I was doing websites, $275, $150. Three, I remember when I, it took me, it took me months to get to $375 a website. And, and the whole idea was, and these websites were taking me a lot of time. I'm building $375 websites. You're giving me $180 deposit. And it's taking me three weeks, four weeks of daily work to get this website going, right? But what I'm thinking about in that moment is not the money. I'm thinking I need to, I, had, I set a goal for myself. I wanted to build 50 websites in a year. So I was like, I just want to take on as many clients as I can. I want to figure out my workflow. I want to code as much stuff. I want to figure out how things go together, software, tech stuff, whatever. Because if I build 50 websites, then I feel like maybe I can have the confidence to know that, first of all, I absolutely do enjoy this. But also, I'll know, I'll feel like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I'm not charging people a whole lot of money for these sites because I'm just thinking I want to work. But guess what comes through the door? As it comes through the door, people who who say, hey, this is an opportunity. So my first clients were celebrities. I've got Ray Lewis. I've got, you know, Tori Smith. I've got I've got people that are lending their names to because, I mean, they have foundations. Uh, Spike's have, wife. Uh, Spike, uh, yeah, uh, Spike Lee's wife, yeah. um, Tanya, uh, Tanya Lewis Lee. 
Um, a lot of people coming through the door because I got these cheap prices. I got these bargain basement prices, <laughs> you know, and I'm putting my, you know, I'm smart, but I don't, you know, there are lots of people who are much better at me in this space, but you ain't going to get it for $400. And so they're thinking, look, James is okay, but he is, he is answering all my calls and he is putting this. So again, I'm not boiling it down. Now, mind you, in this same moment, my bills are still crashing on my head, right? My wife and I are still newly married. We have children. It's not like I don't feel some level of financial pressure at the same time. Um, you know, my thought was I was trying to sell a house in Baltimore. Wouldn't sell. We were in this this housing crisis, trying to figure out what to do with that property, having to pay a mortgage on that home, um, not living there, having the expenses of keeping the gas and electric on all those things because I'm trying to showcase the house, you know, so forth. So, so all of these things are coinciding and trying to figure out what to do. Um, you know, uh, so it's not comfortable. Is my point. Mm-hmm. And my only point is that it's not comfortable. But standing my ground and saying, you know what, I have faith that at the end of this, it's going to build good. So you fast forward, you know, 18 months, get the 50 websites done. Prices done went up to five hundred dollars, you know, and which I still didn't feel like was enough. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it probably wasn't. But again, I was it was comfortable and I was doing something I enjoyed and I was monetizing it. So for me, that was the equity. Right. So, but my wife was in my ear saying, hey, how much time, you know, st- you got to start thinking about this at some point that, you know, you have to, to the, this per hour thing has to have a rate, has to have some value to it. And also the other big important thing was I used to get really frustrated with my clients because they would come to me with these difficult requests and my, and, you know, and I would be trying to convince them why their idea wasn't really a great idea, but my wife says, no, do it, but just charge them for it. Right. And so that became a if they big want, pivot. They want to pay you to do something ugly. Then just like- that's what it was. You know, I say something like, hey, you know what? I want every flyer from every party I've ever done to load when my website comes on. And I'd be like, man, that is going to be forever. And she said, don't say no. Just how much does it cost per hour for you to do that and put it on the price tag? And so that again. So but the point is, is that is that, you know, there's this combination of finding something you love figuring out the science of entrepreneurship, right? And constantly refining this thing to be great. Because there were people in other spaces that were, you know, they, they had a cleaner product, they had a, you know, their their invoicing was sharp and so forth. But I was focused on what I needed to improve about myself. Yeah. And I was getting better. Yeah. And my clients were recognizing the progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, and just so you know, the end of that story is that, you know, I know you can't, you can't get a consult with me for five hundred dollars at this point, you know. So at this point, I have major clients, you know, we're building, you know, six figure websites and so forth. So at the end of the day, the journey gets you here. But what a lot of people want to do is they want to see an invoice for a twenty two thousand dollar website and say, well, how did you get here? And they want an easy answer. I got here from 10 years of being disciplined in right. a space. Mm-hmm. Like, say there's something that took you 10 steps. And you're at level step 10, they're at step two. And they're like, well, I'm trying to get to step 10. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, no, you got to go back and do all of those steps. The other really important point is I was happy at point at step two. Yeah. Because I remembered that I was charging 275 and now I was making $500 a website. Okay. So for me in that moment, I was very happy. So I wasn't thinking about. The few, first of all, I didn't even know the sky was the sky. I didn't know what the ceiling was on websites at that point. So I was just happy that I was further than I was and I was making progress each day. Right. So I think that's really important when you're on any kind of journey, financial journey, whatever. Like your mortgage is set. You know, my wife would say a lot of times with the, with her clients when she's doing fitness, hey, you know what? You weigh, you, you know, you five foot one, you weigh 400 pounds, you know, don't trip. Don't like you, you know, I know your goal weight might be 180, right? But if you go from 400 to 390 and you just took out something and it's sustainable and you made a life change that made you better, that's a win. Yeah. And all we're doing is collecting wins. Mm-hmm. And you would be surprised that when you get into a culture of collecting wins, how it becomes normal. normal. Like this is what I, I do. I win. Yeah. I like, win. Like, this is what I do. I win. What do you do for a living? I win. You know, it's, it's true. Like, but you have to experience it. You know, I use also use the analogy, you know, the food court in the mall. 
and they'll be out there with the little sticks with the sample. They'd be like, taste it. If you sit there, you'll see people walk by, taste it, make a U-turn and get in line. Absolutely. You just got to taste a little piece of success. And then it creates this addiction and it just becomes your normal. But again, at the beginning, the thick of it, it is the thing that I think people run away from. So just keep that in mind. As we are going deeper into this conversation and you think about the goals that you need to set for yourself where you are at this moment, I also think a lot about how subconsciously watching my grandmother in her office and she would sit at the desk and she would hand write out her budget. And I remember, you know, being young and nosy, just kind of looking on her desk and I would always see mortgage, light bill, like everything written out. Don't you see me do that, baby? Absolutely, like all the time. And, and it's, it's like I didn't realize how much that influenced me, her taking me to garage sales and me having a thrifty mindset. And maybe you didn't have that kind of upbringing um, if you're listening right now, but you can get around people who have the same similar goals as you and who are working towards those goals. First of all, you know, I always say this is that my mother and my wife could have been sisters. Growing up. Like They have a lot of. <laughs> And I only say that to say that my mother, I did watch my mother being financially uh, responsible and taking those long journeys. I, you know, and, and, and subconsciously, that's probably what I took on, um, not even realizing it. Watching my mother, you know, save for an entire winter while we had a kerosene heater in the house uh, so that we could get, you know, the proper heating system in the home, right? So I'm watching her stack this money and it's $35 this month, it's $90 the next month, it's $150 this month. Uh-oh, the door broke, we're back down to zero. Now it's back up to, you know, I'm watching this journey, right? And I'm watching her navigate it, not saying unfrustrated, but at times I'm watching her do it. She never gives up, she goes to work every day. And she's putting this work in. So for me, that was the lesson. Um, the nuts and bolts, she also kept those, you know, those very, like my mother has, you know, spreadsheets handwritten all all day long. That's what she, I mean, she's also an accountant, right? So this is something she does. But in terms of, you know, being around um, environments that help you, um, for me, it's an easy litmus test. Is you stick around things that inspire you and you move away from things that don't. Easy. Yep, it's a one-page book. Um, it's not. It's not that deep. Um, anything that makes you feel good, you bring closer. Anything that makes you feel bad, you start to push away. And it doesn't mean. As I've gotten older, I realize that doesn't mean people, right? Because the simplistic, you know, TikTok version of this uh, advice looks like, oh, these people don't make me feel good. I'm gonna get away from them. I've learned in my in, in getting older that that's not what it is, right? Um, because you just start to run away from people at that point because also you have to give space for your growth and their growth. And I don't think that always um, moving away from people, but what you have to do is you move away from conversations that don't feel good. You move away from partnerships that don't feel good, decisions that don't feel good. So you can keep the people, you can keep the stuff, you know, but you don't have to necessarily actively participate in anything that doesn't inspire you. You can always evaluate what is making you feel bad or you can always just run to what makes you feel good. Yeah. So for me, I'm focusing always on what makes me feel good. I don't even deal with what makes me feel bad, meaning that the things that don't feel good to me are not my focus. My focus is I want to get to this thing because that's inspiring. So when you talk about quitting or whether you know, you push through the challenge, the way that I approach that is what am I inspired? There are challenges that I'm inspired through, Yeah. right? That might be hard. So sometimes, don't get me wrong, I might be inspired. And so inspiration again, you know, another big word though, I think we have to break down. Inspired doesn't mean it feels good for me. Inspired means that I can see a pathway that I'm willing to take to fix this. That's what inspired means to me. So like, you know, um, yeah, I'm riding down the highway. I get a flat. I'm trying to decide, do I call a tow company or do I get out on the side of the road and change this tire? Right. I'm, I'm making this. If I can think, hey, you know what? I think that I have the tools. I might as well just get out here and knock this out. It's safe. Um, and this might be the better thing. I'm, I'm, my mind is going that direction. Then for me, I'm like, you know, that's the fact that I'm thinking and problem solving already shows that my mind is inspired to yeah. tackle this. Yeah. Now, if 
on the flip side of it, say I've had a tough day, my body's beat up, I'm frustrated. When I get in this car and I'm clenching my fist and this thing happens and I'm not even thinking, I can't even remember where the spare is. I don't remember how to take the thing off. I don't I don't even know if it's now that I'm not inspired because I'm not problem solving in that moment. I'm just so sucked into the moment that I'm not clear headed. So I may take a different approach in that moment. You know, so my point is that, you know, I try to run the things that inspire me. I try to run through situations that inspire me. I try to do things that inspire me. And then if I can fill my day up, because also, as we know, you know, when we talk about depression, we talk about lack of motivation. When we talk about, you know, trying to find a will to want to win. I think that so much of that comes from not identifying all of the things that inspire you. There should be people that inspire you. As you get older, you should have this to a science. I mean, to me, I'm, you know, I'm 47 years old. I know things that generally make me happy. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Basketball makes me happy. My wife makes me happy. Spending time with my children makes me happy. Music makes me happy. I don't I don't have to stutter on this. Video games make me happy. You know, um, there are things that make me happy, you know, and if I can get to those things, then I feel inspired and better. And I think that it's really, really important for us to find the things that we love and that make us happy. If we love them and they make us happy, then maybe we'll be great at them. If we're great at them, we'll always have things bigger than money, bigger than money. Michael Jackson is my always my my benchmark on that. If you just chase money and you got lots of money, you could be a Michael Jackson. But there are so many. And, and you know, not to knock the, you know, long live Michael Jackson, but not to knock the brother. But at the end of the day, you know, you look at a man who has I think he's such a caricature of having excess of what everyone thinks they want, but having nothing of what will sustain it and make him happy. So, you know, he doesn't have that family, he doesn't have those anchors. So we don't want to go down that path. We want to go down the path where we have an abundance of things that make us happy. Right. And a challenging thing is we don't see Lots of examples of people taking that path, people really understanding the value of it. And I commend you. We're like more than 30 minutes deep into this oh, conversation. So all of that is just really your intro. But let's go into the logistics of it. I really wanted to touch on some of these points with my husband to help you understand the mindset and to really personalize this. So um, getting back to the topic, the first step that I tell people to do, pull your bank statements that credit card you use all the time, you need to look at what you're doing with your money and where it's going. It's so interesting with perspective. So growing up, my mother taught me to pay your credit card bills on time, right? So that was the extent of my credit card knowledge. I didn't understand scores and so forth, but I did know that my mama had a $100 fashion bug card that she was late on that jacked her real bad. She said, baby, don't ever do that. Don't Not the ever fashion do that. bug. She said, don't ever do that. And I remember that sat with me. So college, I'm walking on the you know the quad. They give me the little free t-shirt. I, I honestly just wanted the free t-shirt. I wasn't even thinking about the credit cards. I'm filling out these things. I like these free t-shirts. These ba- I'm coming home with all this swag, right, going back to my dorm. But then eventually I opened up and I need some money. So I use them. And all I'm thinking is good credit means when that bill comes, you pay it on time. I'm diving into debt, not crazy debt, but I'm diving into debt, a few thousand dollars, but I'm making my payments every single month. And I kept that habit alive through my 20s and flexed because I was like, I pay my credit card bills. Fast forward, I meet my wife and she's like, yeah, but how much are you spending in interest, right? And I've, I've, mind you, I have a, at this point, I have a business. I've been, I'm somewhat grown. I'm in my thirties. I'm, I'm doing stuff. I got a house, you know, I've been doing stuff. So I feel like I have, you know, in certain circles, I was the person people asked advice about in terms of credit. But in, in this conversation with my wife, 
she was breaking it down because of her perspective and the way that she looked at things is saying, hey, how much money are you spending on, you know, an interest? How much are you spending an in interest each month on all of these little things? You're paying them on time, but how much are you spending an in interest? So I start. So my aha moment was to look at that and to say, wow, I have like fourteen thousand dollars worth of credit card debt and I'm probably spending seven hundred dollars a month, six hundred dollars in interest. You know, that's not even tack on the interest I spend on my car payment, the interest I spend on a mortgage. Right. And it could feel overwhelming. Right. But when you're choosing who you spend your time with and who you love and so forth and being around that, that is also so helpful. Right. Because, again, I'm in this good space. I'm thinking I'm doing well. But this new perspective from someone I respect and I can listen to is showing me you could be doing better. That's why the first critical step that I advise people all the time is to pull your statements and see where your money is going. Now, a lot of times people even have like maybe five hundred, a thousand dollars, maybe a couple thousand money saved when that money that's sitting and not really growing would be more useful to them if they paid off those high interest credit cards. So those really are your first two steps. Pull all of your bank statements and evaluate your spending. The next thing is to create a budget. Looking at all of your bills, especially your fixed bills, like these are the bills that I have to pay every month. Looking at those things that, you know, you may need to give up. I do think that financial diets are just as important as like food diets, you know, mind, body, business. Yeah. But um, you feel like you have to have a soda after work. But when you stop drinking a soda, you start to realize, you know what? I didn't really need that. You know, that Sunday packages, that, that, that meal that you eat all the time. If you just start pulling those things back at times, just for a, for a moment. And again, keeping your eye on the prize, you'd be surprised how much money you can save. You have to be in a certain space to attempt this journey. You have to do work to get to this space. So just by the fact that you can enter this space is an accomplishment. You know, I just want to encourage people that, you know, if you are, do you do feel like you're drowning? I was drowning at one point. I've had the eviction notices. I've had my car repossessed. You know, I had the high interest credit card. So I share that to say that no matter where you are, you can improve. You may not go from step two to step 10, but you can go from step two to step three. And so that's what it's um, all about. But, so, so like when yeah. you don't have when you have the eviction notice, that's not your time to pick out your best investment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go in order. Take take the steps in order. Get rid of the eviction <laughs> notice first. And that's why I led with stop the bleeding. Stop the behaviors that put you in that position. You know, stop I, loaning money that you stop don't have. Calling stop calling me about <laughs> investment advice when you got a boot on your car. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I mean, you know, and it's not judgment because we made bad decisions yeah. and we've been in, in really raggedy situations. Absolutely. And so, you know, you really need to prioritize. So, you know, look at your spending behaviors, decide if you are ready again, like my husband said, to begin this journey, evaluate your spending by pulling all of your bank statements. A lot of people don't like to do that part because they already know what they're going to see. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like you already know. It's just like the ladies in my program, like, oh, my gosh, I'm not losing weight. Girl, send me what you ate today. Uh -oh. Ooh, why are you getting personal? And look, <laughs> and you know, and you know, the thing that makes it really bad now is that we live in this cashless society. So you can look on your statements. Everything of your is documented. Card. Even Everything that is beer documented. you drink after work, that little, you know, all those little small microtransactions, they add up. Mm -hmm. so. Before I became debt free and I was looking at my spending, I was like, I spend $300 a month on smoothies after I do my workout. I didn't realize it because we can mindlessly swipe the card. Look at how easy you can pay on your phone. It's so easy. So you have to be willing to look at it. You have to be willing to look at yourself and see what you need to improve. So pull those bank statements and evaluate your spending. Then the next thing you want to do is create a budget and look at what absolutely has to be paid and what you can chop away at. Someone asked me on Instagram, can this be achieved on a single income? And I said, no, absolutely not. I had to create additional streams of income. And this is something that I believe that we should all normalize. And maybe you don't have that much debt, but I believe that there is opportunity to monetize your hobby, your skill, your area of expertise. And it's something that everyone should explore. Let me tell you this little. So yesterday we were out front. You know, we got these little bushes in front of our house. And when we first bought the house, they were like these perfect little circles. And it was so pretty. And I ain't going to lie, you know, this time went by. And it just, you know, they grew some little afros. It and it was, it was not, they were not circles. Okay. So 
you know, my husband, he be getting out there and making it happen. My my husband be like, make it do what it do. Like he, if it's something needs to get done, he going to roll up his sleeves and get out there. But I said, no, I'm going to help today. When I was out there and I would, I had to, what is that thing called? The trimmer, the hedge, but it was like the, it the wasn't like actual yeah, the trimmers. Clip, yeah, the, the, trimmers. the trimmers, but it was like the automated one. I wasn't out there like chopping with some big scissors, but um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know the terminology. The but, okay. But um, I had the machine. And for me, it was so therapeutic. I'm like, oh, I'm shaping these little circles. As I was, I was like, man, I wonder if I could start me a little. You know, it's, it's funny because I was going to interrupt <laughs> you and I was going to say, when we talk about muscles, you got to really start again. High five yourself if you've made it to this point in the conversation, because you have to have a certain mindset to get here. But you have to have that hustle mentality. Raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. One thing that is complimentary between my wife and I is we both hustlers, right? You know, I've been, I was born a hustler, like came in, and when I say hustler, I ain't never sold nothing illegal in my life. But I'm trying to say when I was in fifth grade, I sold candy. I bought it for 50 cents, sold it for $1.50. You know, I've been selling and monetizing stuff since, since I came out the womb. So my point is, is that that's a strong muscle for me. My wife is similar. You know, her hustles look different than mine. But it's a similar animal where she's like looking at something. You know, I remember like when she and I first got together, I was very much into independent music. And the big monetary thing that you get in independent music is selling these CDs. So I remember, you know, I had an artist, good friend of mine, Jay Soul. He's second to selling a record. And we were doing our regular hustle. You know, he just debuted an album and we're printing up the albums. We're about to sell them out. So we do his concert release. <laughs> and I, and I asked my wife, I said, hey, baby, can you help me with these CD sales? All hands on deck. We trying to, you know, the whole point of these concerts is to sling these records, right? So we getting out there, and I'm watching my wife's eyes just get so big because she's she's seen the price, she saw it, she was like, oh, y'all bought it for this, and y'all selling it for that, and everybody, and you start to see it, and that's but I made so many people buy that album. You did. I was I was so excited. She like loved I'm a sell. Let me tell you something. You know, I have my self love is so gangster brand. And in addition to selling my t-shirts on the web, you know, I oh I do vending opportunities and pop ups here and there. But when someone comes to my table, I don't ask them do they want to buy something. I get the bag. I said, what's your size? And I'm I'm preparing the sale. I'm like, oh no, you're going to buy this, <laughs> and this is what you're going to wear it with. But it's just something that. I've developed over time. But if you are listening and you're like, I don't have that muscle, I've never developed that muscle, you can be that person and you can still develop that muscle. You know, I remember taking a yoga class and the instructor, he was a real earthy guy, a ball head and, you know, just like he'd probably be meditating and, and eating uh, avocados all day. And he's super earthy. And I felt so judged in his class because I just wasn't doing the poses right so he's walking around the room and he's looking at me and I'm like he judging me right and he and I said I'm so sorry um I'm new I'm just beginning and he can't he looked at me and he said we are all beginners and we are all beginners at something and I don't know what has happened to you or what has made you doubt yourself or make you feel like you can't do this. You don't have something special to offer to the world that people are willing to pay you for. But let this be your sign. You're very far in this conversation. Yes. So you were supposed to hear this. Someone is always asking you for advice about something. You can monetize it. You may be good at baking cupcakes. You may be good at organizing spaces. There's something special about you. There's something, a skill, an area of expertise, just something special about you that you can monetize. So if you are looking at your budget and you're looking at the income from your job and you're saying this is not enough, 
tap into and explore ways that you can monetize that gift that you had. My first month as a wellness trainer, online personal trainer, doing my program, I made $750. And so, you know, that was my step one slash two. And I was so excited. So my husband was talking about earlier, celebrating those wins. And I was so excited about that $750. I can make that in one day. You know, I I literally can make that in one day between my apparel sales and teaching a virtual class and not leaving my home. I was there at the beginning and I explored that talent, that gift. I explored that thing that people kept asking me about. And this is something that you can do without being a radio personality, without having a whole lot of followers, but just starting and exploring where you can make more money. If you can't figure that out right now, there's other ways to make money. You can do ride share. You can do that on the weekends to make extra money. It's okay. It's not like you're going to be doing that forever. But if you are really committed to getting out of the hole, to building wealth, to getting in a better financial position, there are certain things that you need to do to get there. One thing that's I think always set me aside from everyone else is that I'm always thinking about the mechanism of things. Don't be part of a mechanism. Create your own mechanism. You know, even when you go to school, as a kid, I'm thinking, who hires these teachers? Where do these books come from? It's a part of a mechanism. So many of us get our comfort from being inside of mechanisms. I work for this place, so I'm safe. We know that's not true, right? And you get so complacent because there's a bigger infrastructure. You have to realize that that is a marketing scheme aimed at you, the worker. Yeah, so during the pandemic, what did we do? We worked from home, right? The world kept going. We kept chiming in. Things started, kept happening. We realized that these office spaces and so forth are unnecessary. If you start to think, I can be a mechanism, I can create systems, then I don't have to work for a t-shirt company, right? I can start and become a lot. We were talking about Beyonce and Jay-Z, something that I think, That's always so interesting with me when I watch how they move. Right. They won't join social media because they think I'm bringing value to Instagram. Why would I want to give my value? And, And to some extent, you start thinking, wow, that's step 45 and I'm on step 10. But at the end of the day, I can appreciate that that type of a mentality even exists. So you have to just say, you know. How can I create my own mechanisms? How can I say, you know what, I'm a truck driver and I work for a company. How can I own my own truck? How can I consult about trucking? How can I teach people how to get their CDLs? How can I monetize this skill? And then, again, that's step one. But for me, I feel like the next big step is to do something that my wife has taught me and and to refine is that to is is to create a science and create discipline with that. Because the thing that she's not saying about her podcast, thing she's not saying about her T-shirt is she's waking up every single morning, early in the morning, studying, studying. She's watching other entrepreneurs. She's reading books. She's taking courses. She is doing, from the time she wakes up to the time she goes to bed, she is excited about this thing, this new opportunity, right? And again, when we talked about, you know, doing things that make you inspired, she is inspired. She's choosing not to go see a movie because she is so excited about reading this book that's going to take this new idea further. And that's the part where you start putting in all of this time into this thing you love. That's why you have to find something you love because otherwise it's work to do that. And also you need to look at it as a compounding investment. investment. Yes. I don't work as hard now. I don't have to work as hard now as I used to. I work hard and I wake up early because I want to, not because I have to. You know, all of the money that I made three years ago, I still have it and it's growing. It's multiplying. You can really transform the legacy of your family. You can be the change and you can be the new standard for your children. And so that's really what this conversation is about. Um, I just want to throw out a a few more ideas for multiple streams and side hustles. We talked about starting a business, uh, doing something like rideshare, consulting. If you're really good at something, you can consult and help other people. Even me, when I think about my wellness program for women, I can become a consultant for other personal trainers who want to do the same thing. So you really need to let your mind go and think about, well, what can I do? Here's another big thing. If you are willing to learn how social media works, posting, if you're good at writing creative captions, if you're a witty person, a lot of these companies, dental offices to law firms to restaurants, they really want to grow their presence on social media, but they don't have the time and understanding to post. Listen, learn Canva. 
learn a, a simple graphic design program, create a, do a creative caption, go to their restaurant, get some footage and become their social media person. Do you understand people are making like two to $5,000 just managing social media accounts? For some people that could replace their entire full-time income or supplement the income that you're already making. Just throwing some ideas out there. Um, ask for a raise. <laughs> if you, I mean, why not? You know, if, if you've grown enough at the company or get another job that pays you more money. Some people don't even look at that as an option, but it is. To me, I also think that, you know, when people think about jumping into their hustle, sometimes you think about what you're going to lose and what you have to adjust. You have to just think about what you're going to gain. Mm -hmm. You know, your children are going to watch you be happy. You can't put a dollar amount on what I can do with my day. I've never worked for anybody. I've always worked for myself. But guess what? I get a chance to put time into my children all the time and in a way that I enjoy, not as a not as a chore. Like I enjoy the time I spend with my children, not because they're nagging. I enjoy it so much that when they nag at me, I can tell them, no, I don't feel like playing, hanging out with you. Not because I don't feel like, but because I've already put in three, four hours. You know, I have time to spend with them whenever I want. I play basketball when I was. So just think about your life in that context. How inspired are you if you started your day with a massage, you played basketball, you ate with your you ate when you wanted to, you have a great relationship with your children and you're at peace. That's way better than you know, you just did that night shift at in the in the stock room cuz you we And it's we nothing wrong it's, with working in nothing, the stock room. Nothing at all. We all start in stock rooms. Yeah, I, I'm just saying is is you know, just know that you have the ability if that is your desire to build beyond that. My thought is always this freedom and opportunities. I tell our children all the time, the only thing you ever have in this life that's worth working for are opportunities, right? You, that's what you want. That's how you make your decisions. What's going to give you the most opportunities? What's going to give me the most options, right? So my point is, is that, you know, you want to be in spaces that inspire you and keep you at peace. So you always have opportunity and options. When you don't have options, you get limited. It's just like any animal in a corner or anything. You get frustrated, you get nasty, you know, and that cycle is bad for stress. You're going to get big. You're going to start creating toxic environments. You're going to, it's hard to hold a family together. Because now you and your you and your lady don't have the tools y'all need to to pull your life together. So now you're thinking, I have to be happy, right? Yeah. So now what am I doing? I'm looking for things that make me happy. That could lead to all kinds Cheating, of stuff. It Cheating, can lead into gram gambling, uh, just all kind of problems. You Drugs, know? just it's yeah. A bad deal. And you know, I've said several times on this podcast that think about it as a fitness podcast, and typically that's okay. Well, what exercises should I do? What how much water should I drink? Uh, what kind of meals do I need to eat? But when you think about the impact of your finances on your physical ability to exercise and your motivation, it just it's, it's all tied together. So after you evaluate your spending, pull those statements, after you create your budget, after you determine how much money you need, if you have enough money um, and you expand beyond that nine to five, you get a side hustle or find a way to create more money. You need to choose your strategy. What is your situation right now as of the time that you're listening to this podcast episode? And so you may be like, you know what? I have these student loans. I have this particular credit card. I have this high interest loan on my car. Choose what you're going to tackle and preferably look at the one that is costing you the most money. I did this other financial program where they were like, look at your smallest bill and pay that off first. No, I said, look at the one that's costing you the most money. So whatever you're paying the most interest on, knock that out. But whatever is causing the most bleeding in your finances, address that first. Then go to the next thing, then go to the next thing and the next thing. And again, like my husband said earlier, don't be thinking about no investment and trying to flip houses and stuff. And you still you getting a boot on your car and you two months <laughs> late on your rent. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah, like really prioritize. We need to normalize prioritizing being responsible and owning our choices and taking the action to make it better. And so you choose your strategy and you're paying down all of that debt. And guess what? When you don't have debt, and both my husband and I are debt free, we have this one single mortgage left. We have two um, homes that are free and clear that we own for many years, for at least 10 years each and longer for my husband because he got his uh, home when he was in his early 20s. But because we got into the mindset of paying off our debt, now when you when you don't have debt, 
you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I have so many more options. You know, maybe I don't want to work 40 hours a week. That's a different kind of wealth. I agree. And then yeah. I also want to add um, another a part of this because, you know, this is my wife and I talking. So, you know, people who are in relationships and you're starting relationships, you know, this is a great sort of litmus test, right? This is a great space of trying to find out if you're on the same page, you know, um, because I do think that it also becomes really difficult if you're in the early stages of your relationship and you guys have different goals, because I think that it can be a bond. It's so fun to hit goals. It just feels good, man. I meet people all the time who have been married as long as us and some haven't been married as long as us. And they are so bored and so uninterested in their mate. Look, Don't get me wrong. We have our and moments. For those people that, and yeah. for those people that are bored, yeah. I just would want to be like, so what are y'all goals? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, what are y'all doing together? And they be like, well, I ain't really. I bet you they ain't got none. I bet you those people that are bored and I, I bet you they don't have any goals that make them excited. They may have they may a husband may be holding on to a wife's goal, a wife may be holding on to a husband's goal. But what goal do they have that they both want? You need to find a way of looking at things in a way that inspires you. When we were in our first home, you know, my wife decided she decided because I was in a different space financially as well. Right. But she decided I want to pay this house off. The house that we were in, you know, we still had a mortgage on the um, home that we were renting in Baltimore. Wasn't renting it as an investment opportunity, renting it because I tried to sell it and it couldn't sell. So it's somewhat of a stream of income, but not really because what it costs and what it makes is pretty much almost washing itself out. So at the end of the day, she decides, hey, you know, I want to pay this house off. And my wife comes to the table all the time with new goals. And so I'm like, ah, that's I'm in a different space. My 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 perspective on what I'm trying to tackle is not allowing me to bite this in a way that she is. So my point in mentioning that is sometimes as couples, we bring goals to one another and, and, and your spouse or your mate might not be as inspired by what you say. So let's fast forward. What does she do? She attacks and she attacks and she attacks and she's inspired and she keeps putting it. And so what I'm doing is because I love my wife is I'm becoming inspired. Right. And I start saying, dang, that looks good. I see how you're doing that. Okay, okay, okay. And so whether it was an investment choice or not, or whether it was a good, what I'm inspired by is the fact that she is inspired. And I love seeing someone attacking something daily that feels like that's making them better. I'm not even thinking about how that life's going to be better when the house is paid off. Honestly, if I'm being honest, that wasn't my huge motivation. My big motivation was you're driven and I, I want some of that. I want that drive. I like... I like what it, you look like when you're waking up in the morning. Everybody knows. I mean, you know, fellas, you are, we all out, we all might, you know, think different types of women are attractive, different things are attractive women. I'm sure the same is for, for men. But one thing that tends to be universally attractive is drive and confidence, right? So when you wake up and you're driven and you're confident and you're moving, like that, that happiness, that peace, that motivation, that inspiration becomes infectious, you know? Now I'm sitting there like, it's hard for me to sit and be still when my mate, my wife, is waking up every day, chirping away and chopping away at something that she feels is important to her. So I join in. Right. So fast forward through that journey. It was a long journey. She's starting to pay it off. Eventually gets to a place where the house is paid off. And so I'm starting looking at the house that we have in Baltimore, which is it's primarily my responsibility financially. And I start saying, you know what? I need to do that same thing because I've had that house for twice as long as a house that we're living in that's just been paid off and I watched you do this. So now I'm like, I can do it too. And I'm inspired and I start making similar decisions and that's the story of how we get two houses paid off and how, you know, financial goals as a couple can just make you better because then you get to be 13 years in, you know? It's not it's not really that long, but if you look at, the, at, at, you know, when we talk about inspired by your mate, we can talk about all of these things that we've done together as a couple that really strengthen our bond and our marriage, but also just kind of elevate us as a couple. So I just think that that, you know, is something to take, put in your pocket and, you know, and, and if you listen to it, you know, challenge your mate, be like, hey, we need some goals. Just a real quick recap, um, pulling your statements and really evaluating your spending, creating a budget and looking at your income and seeing how can I 
make this longer? How can I make my money longer? How can I create additional streams of income? And we gave you some of those examples. And then really choosing your strategy, attacking the thing that is causing the most, quote unquote, bleeding, the accounts with the highest interest, and then continuing after you pay that one off, go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one. And then once you get out of debt, start thinking about, well, what is my investment strategy? There's other ways for you to build wealth, but you need to decide what that looks like for you and actively work towards that. Um, and then one one thing, and we started the conversation with this, is just to really own your journey. Do not compare yourself. You know, we talk about paying off homes, but both my husband and I, we got our homes at very, very opportune times. He got his home in the late, not early, 90s, yeah, late 90s. In the, in the 90s. Took advantage of that the horrible uh, housing crisis. Yeah. And then, and <laughs> then when they were giving away houses, uh, I got me one. The home that we just paid off got that on the tail end of the 2008 recession. Mm-hmm. That Now that her house is worth more than double than what and, I paid and, for. And, and then got this one right at the beginning of the pandemic. And got this one Those right at the beginning. Come around, y'all. Those cycles, yeah. So a lot of it has to do with timing and really paying attention to what's happening in the market. But outside of that, you can't control that, but there are you can control how much you spend your money. You can control the time and effort that you put into making additional streams of income. I have a good friend of mine. She was in a relationship. She had a child. It didn't work out. She moved back in with her parents. That's not really popular. Some people may feel like that's failure, but she said, you know what? My parents told me to come back so they can help me with this baby and I can save for a home. And my thing is we shouldn't shame people to do that. Our tenants in the property here in Georgia There are five guys who are recent college graduates, and one of them um, actually moved out because he was able to save so much money for a down payment on a home. And so they're on their third lease renewal, and they're fraternity brothers. So they just keep cycling in (laughs) a new roommate that eventually moves out. But we have to stop being ashamed. We have to explore ways that we can save money and make more money. And also, not to you, is the discipline thing, as I think, is just a real big part of this, right? Because so many people are inspired in moments, but just don't have that drive to keep it going. Keep it going. Because check it out. If you raise your credit score from 490 and you get up to that 600, right? And your goal was to get a car. Don't stop your journey once you get the car. Because all you're going to find is that right after it, you know, there's so many people. I have family members, you know, that I love um, dearly, and they are so disciplined when they're in the hole. Then they come out of the hole, and then they get dig loose. themselves back yeah, into it. You know, loose. they say, well, guess what? You know, I, I just decided to do this terrible thing. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participating McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You know, I always know how much money I'm making. I have something that I'm working towards. At this step 37 that we're in, I'm just making up a number because there were many steps before this. But at this stage, we're like, where do we want to go? What country do we want to visit? What new skill do we want to learn? Taking these salsa classes, like that's part of our budget. We spend money to take salsa classes. <laughs> like, but, that but, is like, you know. But we're yeah. also still always having to go. Like yeah. again, if we have financial goals, my wife was like, hey, we got to pay this house off. Then we've already talked about the possibility of additional investment properties. Mm-hmm. We've talked about um, 401ks. We've talked about IRAs. We've had these conversations and it took us a long time to get here. But we got here. And the point is, is that if you invest in yourself, I mean, are you 38 right now? Do you plan on being 48? Plan for it. Yeah, stop thinking about how long it's going to take. Yeah, because when we met, we were both hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. When you look at your what you still owed on the mortgage, when you look at your credit cards, what I owed on my mortgage, my student loans when we met were still like more than $70,000. We don't have any of that debt now. So respect your growth. Respect owing 
$50 less than you did. Respect those extra payments because it's going to compound over time. And in that time when we first got together, we had we had a house, but we ain't had no big screen TV. We had a single car. I drove my wife to work, came back home. We cut money where it needed to be cut. We didn't have cable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, half of the house, this beautiful, awesome, amazing townhouse that we lived in, didn't have hardly no furniture in it. We had barely a living room set. We had some some old furniture upstairs. We were very, very minimalist in terms of our approach because we weren't trying to rush. And we and mostly, don't get me wrong, we wanted a furnished house. We wanted to look nice. We wanted to be able to do these flexes. But we more, more important to us was to not make bad financial decisions. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. We took our time. And if you take your time, you get to your goal. It's not a popular process. You know, everybody's trying to tell you, hey, fix your credit score. Reach out to me. I can do this. Flip your house. Do that. Do that. Do that, do that. In six months, I can get you six figures. All right. Well, maybe so. But I'm going to tell you the guaranteed win. Six years, I can get you six figures. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, put that time in to something that you care about, and you will get it. It's a hundred percent working uh, strategies. Like, if you put your time into something and you let it grow, it will grow. Yeah. Period. Basically, the gist of this conversation, wrapping things up. Just remember it's all a of those three-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much for listening. My husband is on social media. I don't know how he's going to feel about a bunch of random folks saying, oh, where are you? Let me follow you. But follow my wife. Yeah, follow me. (laughs) um, And you'll see pictures of him on my page and he'll be in the comments and tagging and stuff like that. But he's been on a previous episode. So if you scroll down the uh, episode list. In the Mind, Body, and Business podcast, you should see him in there. We had a conversation. It's called Keep the Change with James Collins. So you can check out that episode as well. Appreciate you all listening. I hope this conversation was helpful. I hope it really resonated with you. Um, whether you take one part of it or all of it, the sincere, authentic desire is for you to do well and to be well. Um, and I totally believe that can be achieved by, you know, getting serious about your finances and in making those choices aligned with the life that you want. All right. So thank you so much for listening to the Mind, Body and Business podcast. I look forward to another empowering conversation on the next episode. Raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.